If he had known everything had been eradicated, he would never have considered the flat in St. Blaise House. He had come to this corner of Notting Hill solely because it had been Reggie's district. Of course he had known the house itself was gone, and its neighbours too, but still he had been confident the place would be easily recognisable. A street shunned by the faint-hearted, frequented by intelligent enthusiasts like himself. But the feeble, the squeamish, the politically correct— had had their way and torn it all down. They would have been laughing at the likes of him, he thought, and triumphant at replacing history with a tasteless housing estate. The visit itself he had been saving up as a treat for when he was settled in. A treat! How often, when he was a child, had a promised treat turned into a letdown? Too often, he seemed to remember, and it didn't stop when one was grown up and a responsible person. Still, He wasn't moving again, not after paying Ed and his mate to paint the place and refit the kitchen. He turned his back on the pretty little new houses, the trees and flower beds, and walked slowly up Oxford Gardens and across Labrook Grove to view the house where Reggie's first victim had had a room. At least that wasn't changed. By the look of it, no one had painted it since the woman's death in 1943. No one seemed to know which room it had been. There were no details in any of the books he'd read. He gazed at the windows, speculating and making guesses, until someone looked out at him and he thought he'd better move on. St. Blaise Avenue was quite upmarket where it crossed Oxford Gardens, tree-lined with ornamental cherries, but the further he walked downhill it too went down, until it was all sixties local authority housing, dry cleaners and motorcycle spare parts places and corner shops all except for the terrace on the other side, isolated, elegant Victorian, and the big house, the only one like it in the whole neighbourhood that wasn't divided into a dozen flats, St. Blaise House. Pity they haven't pulled that lot down, Mix thought, and left Rillington Place alone. No cherries here, but great dusty plane trees with huge leaves and bark peeling off their trunks. They were partly responsible for making the place so dark. He paused to look at the house, marvelling at its size as he always did, and wondering why on earth the old woman hadn't sold it to a developer years ago. Three floors high, it was of once white, now grey, stucco, with steps up to a great front door that was half hidden in the depths of a pillared portico. Above, almost under the eaves, was a circular window, quite different from the other oblong windows, being of stained glass, clouded by the accumulation of grime built up over the years since it had last been cleaned. Mix let himself in. The hallway alone, he had thought when he first saw the place, was big enough for a normal-sized flat to fit inside, big, square and dark like everything in there. Big, dark chairs with carved backs stood uselessly against the walls, one of them under a huge mirror in a carved wooden frame, its glass all spotted with greenish blots, like islands on a map of the sea. Stairs went down to a basement, but he had never been in it, and as far as he knew, no one else had for years and years. When he came in, he always hoped she wouldn't be anywhere about, and usually she wasn't.